Hello everyone, hopefully you're having a good day today. Welcome back or welcome to Beyond the Garment with me, your host, your boy, Drew Joyner. Today's guest is a special one. If you don't know, the reason why I have the particular people that I have on the show, first, it always comes from curiosity. These are the people that I myself am most curious about. I want to kind of pick their brain, get at what makes them successful and what makes them tick, why they do what they do, and kind of just learn about them. I feel like that's the best way you can learn about someone is just have an actual conversation with them. That's why I love making this podcast, and that's why I'm very excited for this week's guest. Today's guest has two aliases. His first alias is Hot Fashion Takes, and his second alias, which I feel like more people may know him as, or maybe not, I don't know, maybe Hot Fashion Takes is more popular, but his second alias is Fashion Lover 4. Yo, this kid, this kid right here, I don't want to say his name yet because it's like the first question I ask him at the beginning of the live intro of this episode, but this dude right here, I feel like he has a promising, promising future ahead of him. He's based out of Ireland. He's a European you know us americans we don't really know much about those europeans over there but he's one of those great europeans that sailed the seven seas to make it to america on this podcast okay that was a reference to christopher columbus which we don't have to get into it was a joke okay hopefully it made you laugh a little bit or something maybe i don't know either way real quick if you don't know who this is fashion lover four on tiktok on youtube on instagram he is one of my favorite accounts that i've followed in the last couple months here his takes are undeniably some of the best on the internet and i feel like to the fashion content creation scene to the fashion commentary scene he is a breath of fresh air it's kind of weird because i'm talking about him and i don't want to use his name besides his username fashion lover four but either way if you're listening to this podcast and this is the second time you've listened please 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 leave a five-star review in either apple or spotify let's get into the live episode hope you guys enjoy see you in a minute For today's episode, it is my pleasure to introduce to you the man behind the hottest fashion takes on the internet. I don't want to spoil his name reveal because that'll come later on in the pod. So, Fashion Lover 4, a.k.a. Hot Fashion Takes, how are you doing today, sir? Yo, I'll be honest. I'm not doing great. Uh, I'm a bit (sighs) sick. I got a stuffy nose and I hurt my back skateboarding and I I can't really twist my body, so I'm a bit rigid. Today. Luckily, yeah. luckily, they're already going to be seeing me, but yeah, no, I was like, should I, should I even go on this pod? No, of course, of course I wasn't going to go on the pod, no matter what. You, you're pulling out like a, a MJ, Michael Jordan flu game right now, man. You're, you're just exactly. working through all the issues and you're just powering through <laughs> I thought it. He, I thought it would go away by the time, I've been sick since like last weekend, it sucks, but still here. What, like it's do. just like stuffy, stuffy nose or something Just like, like a that? stuffy nose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Po- COVID negative, fortunately. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's yeah. good. The worst thing we'll about a stuffy out. nose is sleeping. Have you been getting good sleep? Like, or is it like bothering your, your sleep habits? I see. I used to be a big mouth breather when I slept and I've mm. slowly transitioned to nose breathing while I sleep. But now when I'm sick, I'm mm. back to mouth breathing. And I just can't fall asleep. I'm like, how did I, how did I do this? <laughs> just to, I keep myself awake. Just hear myself going like, <sighs> it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> I know every person knows exactly what you're talking about. Every every human being yeah. has gone through that same that same experience. That feeling, man. Also, I sound like Lil Yachty, Loki. You know, Low Lil Yachty's all sounded like he has his peanut butter in his mouth. Yeah, that's why I feel too <laughs> talking like this. I like Minnesota. <laughs> I love this guy, man. Um, 
Let's start with the first question. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And I, you know, I specific, I specifically wrote this question because I don't know the answer to this question. I mean, I do now because I can see it on the screen. But well, question number one you're for the audience, questions you don't know the answer to. That was, that was, those are good questions, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's some things that you know I did a little research. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, research. Do I have a Wikipedia page now, or are you? <laughs> I mean, the dark web has a lot of information on a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Question one, man. What What's your name? What is your actual name? Not ha- Jeez, hot fashion takes, not fashion lover. Already, already in the deep stuff, man. I don't know. My name is Michael. Yeah, that's that's all it is. I I was thinking what I should reveal my second name, so I looked myself up quickly just to see what embarrassing stuff there is about me. There isn't much. So it's Michael mm. Lukianov, which is a very Russian second name. Even though my I'm, I'm like my parents are Ukrainian, but my dad has like a Russian second name, so that's why. It's Russian, although previously I've claimed to be Ukrainian, just to cover myself, because Ukrainians will come to come at me saying, "You're not really Ukrainian with a second name like that." Mm. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. There's a lot of obviously talk about Ukraine, Russia right now. We don't have to really yeah. dive into it, but with the talks of it, I've done a little bit more research than I've ever done in my life about Ukraine and Russia, and it nice. led me down this rabbit hole, rabbit hole of uh, learning about you know, Soviet times and the babushkas of the world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow, and um. Do you have a good relationship with your babushka? If you, and can you explain what that is to everyone? I mean, a babushka is just like your grandma, I, I, I guess. And no, I don't actually. I've only ever met mm. my two babushkas once because uh, my family were are like are immigrants, so we immigrated from Ukraine to Ireland. And I've only ever visited Ukraine once, just because it's like so, it's pretty expensive to fly back there from Ireland. So unfortunately, yeah. I've only ever seen them once. I've only ever seen like my cousins and aunties and uncles once because they all like dispersed like I, I actually have a cousins and auntie and uncle living in florida so i've actually been to florida once to see them so that's cool but unfortunately no i don't have much i don't really have much ties to ukraine and like the actual country and land only like a bit of like mm. the culture through like you know my upbringing and such it's unfortunate i really you know because i'm kind of stuck in this middle zone of being like you know ukrainian but not really accepted in ukraine because i can't i can't even speak ukrainian i can only understand russian and mm-hmm. I'm not really like Irish all the way as well. It's 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 weird. It's something I've had to you know discover about myself. No, it, it, it's really interesting because I think a lot of times for because I mean I grew up in the United States and you hear about mm-hmm. the immigrant experience here in the U.S. But I feel like your immigrant experience is something that is a story that a lot of Americans don't necessarily know about, right? Like from your your you're a transplant from you know Eastern Europe to Western Europe and. Um, I think it's a perfect segue into the next question, which is, you know, what is what is your background, Michael? Like, what, what was mm-hmm. it like for you growing up as a kid? You kind of talked about it a little bit. Well, for, first, I want to I want to say about the like American experience. It feels like America, from my perspective, as like a European, that America is like a country of immigrants. Like everyone there is kind of like there's no one who's like really from there. So it feels like a, like an immigrant, like like a central place for immigrants to go in a way. So it feels like it's like a warmer place to go. I don't know if it is or not. That's just my perspective. Obviously, when you come here to Ireland, most people, like 95% of people are Irish. So mm-hmm. I've always wondered what's it like to, to to grow up there. Do you feel that way no, about like America? Do you feel like it's yeah, love? I'll tell you, I'll tell you my th- thoughts on it. Cause I think you're right. The, from an edge, like if you look at it from like the, from the book, like um, from a very logical perspective, everyone is an immigrant, right? But of course, True. once, you know, once you have the first generation of immigrants and then the next kid is born, they kind of 
they still associate, but they dissociate a little bit with their immigrant heritage and they become American, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of people. So, like, if you're a first-generation immigrant from Ireland or something like that, if, like, your great-grandfather was that, the kid who's living and growing up in 1990, who, who's living in 2022, you know what I mean? He's not going to have the same perspective as, as his great-grandpa. And so he feels like he's an American, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when we think about Americans, I mean, immigrants today in America, you think about, you know, a lot of the border crises, you know, down, whether it be, you know, Mexico and and South America, you think about those are immigrants um, because, you know, that's what the media kind of portrays it as. Um, But yeah, I think everyone has this tie to America in the current generation. Maybe the past generation doesn't as much, but in the current generation, most people have this like, I'm an American and this is how I conduct myself, right? Yeah. And maybe if, if you were actually a first generation immigrant, you know, or a second generation or whatever it may be, or maybe your household is a bit different. It's hard to speak for everybody. That's true. But like, you know, it has, people have that feeling of being an American, but obviously like their heritage, their ethnicity sometimes takes them away from that. It's just, it's kind of convoluted. Are you, is, I'm, not yeah. the per- I'm not the perfect person to ask because I feel like I grew up born and raised in America. My heritage is, you know, being a black American, like, it roots in slavery and, and being brought over. So like, it's a totally different thing. So I That's feel true. like I'm an American, but I'm curious um, but about like, like yeah. obviously we don't have to go into it, but I was just curious how you are tied to your, wherever you're from in Africa, if you feel any sort of connection to that place, like obviously it's completely different in America. In America is like a whole, you know, it's a cesspool of so many different cultures. It's crazy. That's it's just so interesting no, to, yeah. to look at. Yeah, that's I. You know, I talk about this with my girlfriend all the time, Michael. Like we have this conversation. For me, my experience, the unfortunate thing with you know the there are a lot of crimes committed to a lot of black people. Obviously, oh, from yeah. a historical standpoint. So I don't even know. I would have to really. I I don't know where even I'm from. from that's a historical really standpoint. Well, I always um, had the had the idea that like I guess everyone kind of had an idea of like what country that's that's super interesting wow i don't yeah. i i we can we can probably guess and say obviously western I mean, africa a, yeah yeah there's always the dna I'm, test you can do if you really really want to i one day i'll do it one day promo I'll do code it, so. drew joiner maybe in the future <laughs> hey 23 and me if you want to if you want to yeah that's the one 23 and me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway what, what you asked how, how what my childhood was like right yeah, yeah yeah um well i grew up yeah mostly i guess like ukraine like ukrainian household and I went to you know, Irish school and all that. Uh, I grew up, you know, I'd say I had like a, I, it, when it comes to like the places I went to, it's just like the schools, right? I went to an all boys school and I went to, often the schools I went to never had that many people, right? I graduated with like 50 people total when mm-hmm. like all the other schools in the other, in the city had like 150 people, which doesn't seem like a huge difference. But right. what I've realized over like my life growing up is I've never had like a huge amount of friends or like connections in a way. I actually knew a guy who graduated with four people because he lives like on an island. So that's, thank God I wasn't like that. But uh, Jeez. <laughs> so I found myself often, I I've, I try like everything because I found myself just often by myself. I'm like, I'm like a bit of an ambivert, you know, like pretty, you know, I, I can be pretty uh, introverted, pretty extroverted, but uh, I just, I've done everything. So before even like going into fashion or anything like that, you know, I've tried painting, drawing, every sport, boxing, uh, soccer or, you know, football here. Mm. You know, so I say I mostly grew up trying everything. I've been encouraged to to try everything. But I guess my career path before this to where I am now, I kind of doing fashion and going to like a fashion mm. school soon, uh, was all in like STEM. I uh, I was really good at like science and maths. And actually, after I graduated school, I actually went, I already, I went to university to study biopharmaceutical chemistry. So wow. I studied that for, for two years. And 
during my first year, actually, uh, uh, COVID pandemic hit. So I only got like a half a year in. And the next year and a half was just like, you know, online and all that stuff. Right. So in that time, I think, you know, I think the COVID pandemic was like a period of introspection for everyone in a way. And for me, what I found about myself is uh, definitely what I wanted to do, which was not be in a lab, pouring vials, waiting for a <laughs> centrifuge to stop spitting. No, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. I think a lot of people had a lot of shifts during COVID and yeah. it's kind of manifesting itself in 2022. I'm curious, Michael, um, when you were younger, you said you tried a lot of different things. Was there anything in particular that you like really enjoyed, like really grasp onto a, as a kid that, you know, maybe you thought I, you know, from as a kid, I was going to do this. Obviously, as you grew up, you were into STEM and you were, you were, you know, smarter. But as a kid, were you like, oh, man, this is what I'm going to do for like the next I've always wanted to do art to some capacity, but I, I, I coming, especially coming, I feel like the idea of like making money and like, you know, impressing your parents and especially being like an, an immigrant household, you don't want to disappoint. They work so hard to like get you to go to school and stuff like that. So from a young age, I always wanted, I, even when I was like 12, I remember and even younger, like 10, I was like, I want to be a dentist because that is the highest earning job I can get <laughs> going to university here. So I was like, I'm right. going to be a dentist. And I did that for years and years. And it's slowly my, you know, my standards went down. I was like, yeah, I'll just be a scientist, I guess, you know. But I, I always kind of knew that's not what I wanted to do. But I, ne I never had something I clinged on to. That's the thing. I've, I did so many different things that in a way, I, I kind of wish I went more into the things that I tried. Because I kind of try mm -hmm. something for like, you know, maybe a couple of months and then I drop it and try something else. And it's, it's, it's like I'm kind of sort of like a, a jack of all trades, but, you know, master of nothing. Right, master, right, right. Master of finding a new hobby to do, you know, like yo-yoing. <laughs> I, I was there. I was trying to yo-yo at one point. I was trying to be like a speed Rubik's cube at one point. That was that was fun. <laughs> I tried that too. I literally have a Rubik's cube. I I could never. I can't I actually here. solve. I can Rubik's solve cube. it. I I learned how to solve one. You can solve. I, yeah, I have it. Oh, man, there. you're better than me. You're you're a STEM guy. I I could only solve one side. I learned the um, <laughs> what is it called? Not algorithm. The white side. Yeah. Um. It's like you Whatever solve the, the top one and then you get all like the car, the things. Yeah. Exactly. The, the T. Exactly. Yeah. The T. Standard yeah. The, the cross. Yeah. yeah. And I was able to do that. I was like, you know, I'm going to, that was my first lesson. And then I just gave it up. <laughs> I mean, I so saw the cube and then I bought a four by four and I tried to solve that. And I was like, you know, this is kind of the same thing. I already, I already did this. Yeah. It's just four, yeah. It's just, there's just four squares instead of three. And I was like, no. Well, what about those crazy ones that have like I don't even know sixteen by? No, man. I, even... I have a friend who who went even harder in them, and I was like, I was thankful that I got out got out as quick as I did. <laughs> I was like, God damn, man, how are you how are you gonna do that? Is there know. is there a thing called a uh, cup stacking in in like the community? I've heard of cup stacking. I, I've never yeah. seen it, but I I know it's it's a thing. I like oh, I like right. doing stuff like that. I like you know I like things that are really fast paced uh, i also mm -hmm. i played video games as well i was super into video games at one point i wanted to be a pro overwatch player i was <laughs> going crazy on the overwatch trying to, i wasn't even i wasn't like the i wasn't even like the best league or anything but i thought if i kept going i could do it so that's yeah, cool cup stacking you know that, i might try it out i might try it out you never know cup stacking the reason why i wanted to i brought up cup stacking is i watched this documentary on netflix and there was these kids uh in the u.s who competed at cup stacking and it was fascinating. For one, like the best kid was this, uh, you know, don't don't get mad at me. He was like either this, like I think I believe a Chinese kid, I believe How Chinese dare immigrant. You? How I know. dare you? I know. Um, but 
He was Chinese. <laughs> and, oh, man, he was insanely good in terms of, like, breaking down everything. I feel like it'd be something you'd be interested in if you're into, like, fast-paced stuff. So, I don't know. Just thought I'd bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you uh, wanted to maybe be a dentist, wanted to do STEM, had a kind of reevaluation of my, your life. My main goal was money, was to, like, get money. something where I could be financially secure. But, like, my values have since all changed. Right, right. And so what is that transition from that to fashion? Kind of talk about that a little bit more in depth. Well, I I was I was always interested in in fashion to an extent, but you know, living I don't know, maybe it's to do with living in like a small a smallish town. My town has like 80,000 people in it. It's like it's like the biggest city on like the west side of Ireland, which is like it's not that big. Like mm-hmm. I went to school like I dressed better than everyone else, but I didn't dress that good because the standard wasn't really anything. And it wasn't until I, I started first year college where actually I was there with my uh, my replica Kitsy Ghost jumper. And I met another guy who was like into fashion and he started telling me about like these brands. And like, he, I remember he talked about Vivian Westwood and stuff like that. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? I've never, I've never <laughs> heard of this. And then I was like, isn't, isn't Ye- Ye's the goat? No cap, right? And he's like, no, nah, man, there's... There's more. So from then I like hyper fixate on that. Like it was like a, something I had inside me the entire time, but I just, I was never really encouraged in any way to pursue among like, you know, everything else that I tried to pursue in the past. Right. Right. So, so this guy kind of unlocked it for you a little bit, huh? In a way. Yeah. 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 So shout out, man. Shout out Dara. I Dara? I, I don't know if he'll watch this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll cool. Cause I'll make that it. was, the, that was one of the questions I was curious about. So you had someone who essentially kind of opened the floodgates for you. Were there yeah, any other... Yeah. That's all I needed yeah, yeah, was just ahead. like one person just to, you know, like show me what could be done in a way. Like all the other things I think that I got into was because I probably watched like a YouTube video of someone, you know, speed cubing. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. So I tried it out. So and I feel like fashion is something that a lot of people don't really look at, even though they wear clothes mm-hmm. every day. And they don't even like think about it too much other than like, you know, very like shallow terms of what it is. You know, No, you're so right. Or they're, you know, like, like. A lot of people just look at, you know, the major driving celebrity or, you know, culture curator and they yeah, just follow, follow true. along. Um, and so and that's really interesting as well. Like, so you had this guy, you, you kind of opened the floodgates. Um, who were so, like, what were the, some of the things that you were looking at early on? Like, where you're like, oh, this is so cool. Just like anti-fashion, I was big on because I think as I, because I was already into streetwear at that point before I met him. But I didn't really mm-hmm. look at streetwear like that's something I wanted to do. But I was looking at just like, you know, like anti-fashion people like Comme des Garçons, Yoji, a lot of Japanese designers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is crazy. What, what am I, how, like, I didn't even imagine that people would ever dress like this or be this way. So I, mm-hmm. I read all about them and like looked at all like their collections and it just gave me such a new perspective. And then I, and I, I'm always the type of person, I guess, like you probably, if I see, like, I, if I see something I enjoy, I want to do it myself. You know, that's one reason I started like my, my, you know, TikTok and social media. And for fashion, I just, I like, what can I do? You know, I'm always someone like, I want to just put, give, give my shot at it. And I started doing it. And then I just fell in love with the process. I realized because it's, it's a nice way to, to like wrap up, I guess, my story in a way is that I was, as, as a young guy, you know, a young guy, I, I tried all these different things. You know, I kept jumping from thing to thing. I couldn't stick with something, but the process of making like a garment from scratch, takes so there's so many processes in it from you know sitting down drawing doing the pattern getting up you know cutting it trying it on sewing there's so many things that happening it's happening so it just it kept me interested and i just kept going back and at first i just started like painting i was just painting my clothes and uh 
uh, like not screen printing because I didn't have the whole screen printing. I was just like painting and, and spray painting. Also, at mm-hmm. this time, I had started a little Instagram, like in one of those Instagram curation pages, you know, like the, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like a little Jupiter, like one yes. of those pages. So I was yep. like, posting pics like of cool stuff I found off Pinterest every day. So that was like, <laughs> that was all during like the, like the very start of the pandemic. So that's kind of how I started. I was like selling my clothes as well through my, my Instagram at the time. I had like a th- over a thousand, fo- like a thousand followers. That's about it. But mm. It was super exciting, man, and I'm, I'm super, super glad that I, I I had that time to I had all the spare time to like spend hours just in my room listening to podcasts or music sewing. It was it was delightful. That's sick. That's sick. It's like you yeah. said, you got an opportunity to bring it full circle. You got an opportunity to dabble. Fashion is like this. You can dabble in so many different yeah. aspects of creativity yeah. with fashion. And now, you know, obviously I know you from the content creation standpoint, right? It's completely different creatively than the actual creation of a garment, yeah. right? From the ideation, from the sewing, from the marketing. And there's so many different levels to it, right? Exactly, I feel yeah. like it's really fascinating. Um, I, I was really curious to know ireland about ireland obviously mm-hmm. like how does it stack up you know in terms of like as a as a country or as a place as a whole like how how does it you know from a fashion is it fashionable <laughs> that's what i'm trying to ask <laughs> where i live you know surprisingly actually in recent years as i've gotten older it definitely there's like there is definitely like a a, a market for it and there's like there's always a um, what's the name of it i don't even know what it's called like i guess like a flea market that like comes to town a kilo sale have you ever heard of a kilo sale not really, but it, if a it's flea just like market. it's yeah, it's a flea market, and you pick up as many clothes as you want, and they charge you per kilo. Like if it's like ten oh, kilos, every kilo is like thirty mm-hmm. euros, something like that. So they have like a lot of like clothes things coming down. There's like in, in university, there was like a style society where they like now it's more active than ever. It wasn't that great when I was there, and I was thinking of like maybe I should take this over, but I it's too shy, it's too, too like <laughs> I don't know enough yet, you know. <laughs> but uh, maybe, like now maybe it's actually one not too day, bad, you... honestly. Yeah, maybe one oh, day, maybe I... one day I'll I'll, I'll I'll go take over their social media page. I'll be the new Style Society <laughs> ambassador. That's what my TikTok's for. It's just to promote NUIG Style Society. <laughs> I love it, dude. Um, and you mentioned, so you created clothing. What happened to that? Like you just you just stopped essentially? No, I, well, I've been making it the whole time. And don't, don't, because I realized that I couldn't properly fulfill what I wanted to create in my clothes. I would make them. I'm, 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 a, I'm a big perfectionist, honestly. I'm like, Whenever I make something, I always find myself being a little unsatisfied. So I spent more time like learning about design and I went to the ultimate conclusion that I got to go to fashion school. If I want to pursue this and actually make a mark and be unique, I need to actually learn design and get contacts and stuff like that. I can't just do this in my bedroom, especially in Galway, Ireland, you know, maybe if I was in Paris and I was this independent dude, maybe, but not here. So that's the thing is I've been designing the whole time until I started, started TikTok and, and Instagram because... I was, I'm also working. I have to work to finance my university and stuff like that. So there's no time yeah. to work and be sociable and skateboard and, um, you know, sew and make clothes and make all the content. So unfortunately, I haven't designed for like the last six months or so anything. But my mindset mm-hmm. is I'm going to university, like I'm going to fashion school in like literally like two weeks. So yeah. I'm going to be doing that for the next four years. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll take a break for six months and do this. <laughs> No, that's awesome. I think it's a perfect it's a perfect look into kind of your trajectory right now because I feel like yeah. knowing what I know about you or knowing what I knew about you before it was it was kind of this guy who um, had these really interesting takes and perspectives on TikTok, particularly right. And you've mm-hmm. just transitioned to YouTube, um, but it's must be really exciting for you, you know, having this opportunity to go to fashion school and 
really pursue something that you're really excited to do, right? Yeah, it's, it's so it's so cool. And especially now that I have some sort of like social media presence, it's given me even more confidence that I can succeed because it is kind of scary, you know, because I don't really have like a backing. Like if I kind of fail at this, you know, I kind of just have to go get a normal job and work my way up to go to get another degree or something like that, you know? You know how they're saying, right. you know, they say like all these artists usually have like big, you know, like rich parents who like back them up all along the way. So it was definitely scary, but, uh, you know, now that I have this, like, everything going for me, I'm, I'm really confident. I'm super excited. And I think, I think that that will make you better, honestly, Michael, because the fact that you're a little bit nervous, it'll make you go a little bit harder. You know what I'm saying? Versus oh, yeah, the kid I, who, I agree, 100%. Versus yeah. the kid who has that backing. They don't have to push, you know, they don't have to go full throttle as much. And so I think, you know, the reason why I wanted to get you on this pod is for a couple of reasons. For one, I think that you have a really interesting mind, right? And I think that you, Thank you. and a, a wow. lot of creatives who I come across who have, who are on the podcast, I feel like they could, they have, they can have a huge impact. And I feel like you could have a huge impact from just the mindset you have. And then if you tie that in with the actual skill sets to create clothing or create a brand or create a message, whatever it is, I mean, the world is yours, my guy. And it doesn't matter if you're from, you know, little yeah, Babushka, true, yeah. Ireland, or, you babushka know, wherever. <laughs> that's a unique, that's a unique phrase, Babushka, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we making trends out here, baby. No. <laughs> babushka, Ireland. So I want to, I want to, I want to talk to you about TikTok. Why, why start making videos on TikTok? Well, I've been, well, first I've been watching like YouTube and like taking in like, you know, social media content since I was like 12, since YouTube like first started. So I've always been like aware of like content creators and I know that's like a career path and stuff like that. And, you know, when I was 12, I was one of those kids that had a Minecraft YouTube channel, you know, posted my little Minecraft videos. Didn't work out, surprisingly. And then later <laughs> on, have you ever have you ever heard of the YouTuber Grey Day Underay? Uh, no, I've never heard of him. Well, like there's... There was like a there was a bit of a trend on YouTube where people just did like crappy little videos of like stick men like animations and just like talked about like topics pretty much. So I tried yes. to do that on YouTube and uh, yep. unsurprisingly did not work out either. I was like a 15 year old boy with no perspective on life. So <laughs> who cares what I have to say about those things, you know? And yep. then I moved to the Netherlands and like I kind of knew that if I want to, I think social uh, thing is I have such a love hate relationship with social media in general. That's why I don't really post on Instagram. It's not really why I'm act, I'm not like that like ideal influencer type that like advertisers look for or something like that. Sure. So, but I, I, I understand I know, there's obviously a huge power in, in social media and like, there's so much that you you have to use it if you want to be successful in a way. So I knew that I needed to do something. So while I was in living in the Netherlands, I tried like, I, I did multiple, I had like three different accounts before I like started doing hot fashion takes. So I did like, I did like, you know, fashion memes, kind of like what Mark Boudelier does. I did like that thing, yeah. which is, you know, mm. it's like uh, whatever. And then I did. I've um, talked to Mark before too, so he's a he's yeah. a cool guy. No, I talked to him too. Yeah, I had a little collab. I still have to get that out. I'm so sorry, Mark. <laughs> I'm so behind. Anyway, um, yeah. And then I did some other stuff. I I did one stuff. I wanted to also do what Julian did. Uh, I listened to your last the last podcast with Julian. That was great. He's he's amazing. Oh, I wanted he's to amazing. Do, yeah, I wanted to do also his like like upcycling thing, but I couldn't. I don't know. I just I don't know how he does a video like every day or how often he does. I'm like. Here I am, like, while working a job. That's crazy. Like, while working as an engine engineer. He's a genius. I Honestly, he's yeah. kind of, you guys are kind of the same, though, low-key. I, I don't want to yeah. boost your ego too much, but you guys are both, like, genius level. But he's a genius. <laughs> yeah, no, he's 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 insane. I think, honestly, I don't, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So I tried to do that, but I couldn't really, like, keep up or, like, 
I also didn't like like filming the process. It's so, like so so much fun, and then when you get a camera and you have to get the right angle and lighting, it's, it takes it all out of it. So then I ended mm-hmm. up literally just talking. I just did what I, I did. The videos I do now, I just like talked about something. I I saw a lot of people doing this. Have you ever heard of you know Alex Alex Schneck? I think Schneck or something like that. I don't know. His yeah, name. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah. You know how he just kind of records his face and talks about a topic and shows photos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do that, but I felt like, and a lot of people do that kind of thing where they just like look at a camera and talk about something. And since I, I know about YouTube and I know about, you know, like SEO and like, you know, all the like analytics and logistics that go into like maximizing viewership and stuff. So I was like, mm-hmm. I also, I often found myself watching like these TikToks of people just talking to a camera and stuff. They were, they're not like the most exciting thing to, mm-hmm. to watch, you know? And like, that's the biggest problem I have with like fashion, TikTok and content is it's often just a bit boring. No offense to like fashion creators or anything like that, but just sitting there watching, I never found, I'm not a fan of people vlogging and stuff like that. And sitting just there, mm. especially on TikTok, where it's such a fast paced platform, every second you like, you got to fight for attention. I was like, why don't I just like do like flash them with a lot of images of cool stuff and make my videos 30 seconds talking about like brief topics quickly. And my first video did like super well. And I was like, damn, I just, I got it. I, I got to keep going, I guess. This is, this is amazing. I got like 50,000 yeah. views. I was like, why would I stop? You know, it's crazy. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think also out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think also the, um, the, the, I love your format. Like, I think you're yeah. so right. Like you, the way you like, like I, I love a lot of your videos. One of the ones I was, I'm thinking about right now is like the like unconventional pairings of items where like you're just oh, like yeah. throwing on like, you know, varsity jackets with like ties and like yeah. skirts with these kind of things. And it's really, it's really fun. But I also think that like what differentiates you is like, I don't know, there's something about the, like your voice, the talent of your voice and the, how like you have a little bit of like, um yeah like memification of certain things like how you like make things still enjoyable is like awesome i think that's mm-hmm. a big big reason I've, Thank you, i'm big man. on like look i'm big on like looking at why certain people are successful in that respect yeah so am i um yeah. and i think obviously you understand the fact that you have to have retention you have to look at people you have to have people look at your videos for longer than x yeah. amount of seconds and then once you get them you're hooked they're hooked but also everyone has this like particular talent. Like Marx's is like his his wittiness, his funniness, the stare, the just, stare just, just. you know, the like you know it's coming and you know like the the heart shoe is coming and yeah. you still watch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you I mean? You, you, yeah, yeah. you know the fila disruptors are on feet and you're just waiting for it to pop in. But I think recently, funny enough, I think Mark is really trying to also offer practical advice yeah too. i've noticed yeah he's saying, i've noticed that yeah. as well yeah he's trying to because i think i'm not sure if his mindset on this but i think sometimes uh when you meme when you meme hard all the time it's hard for people to know if you're still memeing when yeah. you're being serious so sometimes you got to throw in some serious stuff anyways yeah. that's i don't know if mark thinks that but either way um but yeah yeah that's awesome i i love the fact that you know i didn't realize you had tried so many different forms of content before you yeah. had the, the TikTok that you did. That's, I think that's powerful too. A lot of people will ask me and they'll be like, Drew, like, how do I start? And I think mm-hmm. that's the way, like, you just, just start. have to start. You just have yeah, to just start. start. And just, I just, I even noticed, like, I don't enjoy it. Like with the filming me doing the upcycling stuff, I just noticed that I didn't enjoy it. So that's, there's no way that's going to be, you know, sustainable long-term. And then I enjoyed just talking to a camera. It didn't take that long. I enjoyed it. So that's definitely something I can replicate over and over. So that's important as well. Just enjoying what you do. You know? exactly exactly why the why the username why did you choose the username you have which one i got two at the moment i'm repping two yeah 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> on TikTok, it's weird now. Like you have hot fashion takes yeah, and yeah, fashion yeah. lovers. Well, see, I have I, I went with hot fashion takes. Honestly, I think most like online pseudonyms are like a bit cringe. Personally, you know, like so I like because like the, the biggest YouTuber is called Mr. Beast. <laughs> like it's it's a little cringe but like the thing is it doesn't matter nobody cares about like what your name is is what i'm trying to say and i didn't want to like because at first when i was doing social media i didn't want to associate my like myself like who i am with it i kind of want to be its own separate online thing that nobody knew is me and like keep it that way especially if i'm like you know kind of low-key shit talking the fashion industry <laughs> and i want to you know, join the fashion industry you know people are gonna like immediately blacklist me maybe but uh so i just you know i just did hot fashion takes that's kind of what i was going to talk about i guess and then I started, it started working out and I was like, there's no point changing the name at this point. But then when I went to YouTube, I feel like the name, I, I needed like a proper name, I guess. So I went to YouTube and I called myself like Fashion Sucks, but like that's not a name, that's a statement. You know, it's, no one's gonna be like, oh, did you watch the new Fashion Sucks? But you see, that's fault. It just doesn't even come up, it doesn't roll off yeah. the tongue. So I went yeah. Fashion Lover 4 and I just think, I'm just some guy, you know, I'm just someone who loves fashion. So don't take what I say that seriously. Don't take it like I'm a huge critic. Some people call me criti- a critic. And I'm like, bro, I just I just do this for fun. I just enjoy it. I just like to see what other people think as well. Because as I was saying before about not knowing anyone in about fashion, like one, re- one reason I, I started talking about fashion in that way is because I just wanted to talk about fashion just to the void. And I love reading what other people say and learning more about it. Because sometimes even when I post my videos, I feel a bit I feel a bit naive. And I feel like I low-key get like imposter syndrome as if, you know, like, oh, I'm not smart enough. I, I, I What if I'm missing something? What if I don't know everything, you know? So and so, one thing I come to find with my videos is that I just love to learn what other people say, and like I have to come to realize that I'm not gonna be able to know anything, everything, you know. No, so I think that's I, a, I think it's an important to note too, Michael. I think all of us have that imposter syndrome. You know what yeah. I mean? Like whether we're talking about you know a particular brand or talking about culture, like you're inevitably you're inevitably going to miss something, right? There's always yeah. a detail that it's impossible to fit into. A TikTok, it's easier in a YouTube video, but yeah, even exa- still, like exactly, yeah, it's easier in a YouTube video, but even still, like there's context that you know how, how old are you? You're, you're pretty young. You're like 20 years old or something like that. Yeah, 20. You're 20 years old. Like when you're talking about something Exposed. that happened in you know 19, I already knew that for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I mentioned it. I mentioned before. it once. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, 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 you said it. Yeah. Um, but like being a 20 year old, I'm 25. Like. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about something that happened in the 90s, like yeah. you'll never have the same context as someone no who's like 40. Yeah. Like it's just impossible. So um, I think a lot of people are afraid because of that. And I want everyone who's listening to know like this podcast is like obviously to encourage people. Obviously, we're talking to a really cool dude, but also like, yeah. no, like there's all, everyone goes through that imposter syndrome. But I one thing I really love about the fact that you, your name is Fashion Lover 4 is that uh, it makes you it humanizes you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's just like the the um bot account you know what i mean he's just yeah, exactly. a bot account <laughs> just like some like like a shit posting account just just talking fashion you know it's not like just yeah that's exactly. that's exactly what i'm going for like don't take me that seriously don't take me like i know better than anyone else i'm just you know i'm whoever man who cares just the guy. whatever you want you want me to be you pay me enough <laughs> That's, that's true if you pay him enough <laughs> actually no that's not true no 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 one thing i've one thing i've uh tried to i'm still like kind of new to like this whole you know being an influencer i guess i i call myself um content only, creator. i content yeah content creator is a better word i I think I've been, I've been making tiktoks for like six months and i've been making youtube for like three months so i'm still very new and uh i get hit up all the time with like these sponsorships from the most random like companies who have nothing to do with fashion or just like rep sellers 
And I've come to realize, man, that it's, you know, you gotta, I feel like you have to like establish like a good set of principles and morals if you're going to become like a content creator in a sense. Because with like, with having an audience, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't realize the influence they have, especially like celebrities and stuff I've come to realize. Like I could easily shill some product for like 50 bucks and then not realize the impact I have on like all these people. So I, that's one thing I want to stress that if you are looking to go down this path, you shouldn't take all like the easy money options you'll get because I haven't made that much off all this stuff yet, but I know in the future, I think in the future I will off like just YouTube ads and like I'm going to start a Patreon and stuff, I hope, and I'll make something off it, but it's it's that's one of the things I don't like with social media is how, I guess, superficial and fake it is in, in that sense, you know? What are no, your you're, I'm no, yeah, you no, yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think I talked about this with uh, another creator. Uh, his name is Edgy Albert, and mm-hmm. you know we kind of talked about how the how powerful of a tool social media is. It's kind of hard to sometimes wrap your mind around how yeah. powerful it is, because people trust you. People really trust you, and you know, obviously, I think it's I think it's a better place to be than people trusting the corporation that's trying to get mm-hmm. you to shill the product. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you have to come from a good moral footing. You have to because. Mm-hmm. Um, people trust you and you have a lot of power and at the end of the day you always 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 should value your audience over any type of money because the audience is what equates to the money that you can receive Mm -hmm. right so like one of the things i'm dealing with is that i've had more opportunities i've had some opportunities to get certain brands um to work with me but the thing that irks me that's bothering me right now is that the timing of like everything is gets stalled up when I work with a brand, right? Whether it be on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, not as much mm-hmm. on TikTok. TikTok is easy, but on YouTube, I like being consistent. Cause I know that there's a kid in, you know, Babushka, Ireland who watches my videos every Sunday it's and it really enjoys it. Right. Oh, yeah. Kid. It's him. <laughs> and it really enjoys it. And I hate letting that kid down because I, you know, yeah. I, I enjoy making the videos a lot, but I don't want to let that kid down. Like that's, part part of my like motivation to like edit for six hours and like i I love it like i love doing that i love like Mm -hmm. seeing his comment being like yo bro i didn't even think of it like this Mm -hmm. and you know i love doing that so it's kind of bothering me right now with when it comes to like sponsorships but yeah never trade in your audience for short-term value short-term money it's it's not worth Mm -hmm. it the audience is always worth more because without them like these companies don't give a they don't give a fuck about you no one cares about you and yeah, it's kind of it's also one more thing I want to say is that of course it's your podcast um of course <laughs> one more thing I think is important is that um you know something that I've had to realize is that as I've grown an audience you know um it's so funny all the people that you know care so much about me now right mm-hmm. from a corp from a corporation standpoint and you know I appreciate everyone who obviously supports the channel is a big fan of the channel I can feel mm-hmm. that genuine feeling but there's some people who I just know they see me and they see dollar signs and yeah. that, I, that irks me a little bit as well. Like they, they sure, I, yeah. I could just, fe- I could feel that. So, um, that, that's something that obviously you'll probably have to deal with as well. But, yeah. um, I think that that's why I love talking to content creators or other creators because, you know, this conversation is coming from purely curiosity. And a lot yeah. of times with corporations, it's coming from purely dollar signs and yeah. you can feel that sometimes. So, um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, you, you said, you said a lot of interesting things that I actually want to go back to, if that's okay. You said yeah. about, um, uh, your, you said one thing about your motivation about like, you know, making sure that that kid every Sunday watches your videos, you know, and I feel like I have a very different uh, outlook on like 
audience interaction in that sense, right? I I'm all, I'm open to like I sort of make these videos in a in a way it's it's, it's quite selfish yet yeah, for me to like learn and get experience and to figure yourself out also like I guess benefiting you know by getting views and like monetarily right and mm -hmm. when it comes to like interacting with like my audience and stuff and like I'm always I, I always appreciate when people like send me love and all that stuff but I've come to realize that I feel like it's hard for me to value what like someone I don't know over the internet says to me like say they send me a video saying they love my videos and they appreciate me that doesn't really do anything for me because I feel like if I I do also get uh, DMs from people who are like who don't like me, right? Not ma not much. And sometimes I get comments of people who are like, you know, hey, just like plain up hate comments, not even like, I'm all up yep, for criticism, same. but like just yeah. hate comments are just sometimes, you know, there's hate comments. But I feel like if I give power to the comments of appreciation, I'm giving power to the people who don't like me in that sense. So I feel like in a way you have to, for me anyway, I think it's better if I just detach from that altogether. How do you look at that? No, I think that I, I think there's some truth to what you're saying, right? Yeah. Because the moment I acknowledge the, the good comments subliminally i'm also acknowledging yeah, the, the, exactly. the hate comments bother me a little bit right and i would never want to give that power to someone else um but i think for me the difference is that i look at you know what people feel about the channel as just another metric right it is yeah, a metric agree, it yeah. is it is a metric to me right if if I look at it, you know, I'm not looking at like Timmy who comments, oh, Drew, like, you're so amazing. I love you forever. You know what I mean? I, I look at it as like, I appreciate you, Timmy, of course. I always, yeah, I always course, appreciate yeah. you. But um, I look at it more so as like from a ratio standpoint. Am I getting more positive feedback on the videos or am I getting more like constructive criticism? And sometimes yeah. there's a huge difference between constructive criticism and hate and racism and things like that. Like, of course. Um, yeah. But like. It's just another metric and it and it does kind of fuel me for whatever reason i don't know why that's just the way i'm wired i guess mm -hmm. um and in terms of like you know as long as i feel like i'm putting more positivity more goodness more knowledge out into the space for me like that is like a huge driving force it makes me want to just yeah, do yeah. more it's it's a yeah it's a good feeling i agree no okay yeah you said that perfectly actually i agree with that the way it's like a a metric of positivity. Yeah, that's that's a good perspective. Thanks, thanks for telling me that. I'll I'll think about that. Um, you know, sometimes I got some good ideas. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't. I wouldn't start a YouTube channel about it or anything. But uh, no, 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 no. Um, um, yeah, I forgot the other point. Sorry. <laughs> got no, it's okay. Up in your in your beautiful beautiful voice. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about um a particular TikTok that. It's a, Oh my God! Can I can I talk? See, this kind of stuff happens all the time as a creator. I know, you just man, gotta yeah. you just gotta work through it. Can, <laughs> you be stuttering and shit like you just be habiting. That's why I be There's editing a, the hell out of my YouTube videos. There's no <laughs> stutters. I I do be, like so many retakes. <laughs> same same. Every like and um is is gone. <laughs> it's actually just interesting talking to like some another like creator. So like it's just nice to like. Because not many people, I guess, are like content creators and understand the the struggle that goes into it. I guess I know that you can it can sound very like you know like like privilege like oh where yeah it's hard, it's hard being a content creator but mm. coming from I've, I've worked like so many like manual labor jobs and i've come to realize that there are actually like some positives of like working a job like that where you're just gonna go to like the same place every day don't think about anything and you go home yeah meanwhile every day i'm like thinking about like youtube and tiktok and thinking about all this stuff it doesn't leave so it's every day it's curious it's yeah every moment yeah exactly. this is any spare moment where i'm not with someone i'm just like even when i'm sleeping it's it's, can it's be crazy way. 
No, yeah. it's crazy. It's I've had some issues with my like personal friendships and whatnot. Like where yeah. in the early stages, I was just so obsessed with it. You know, mm-hmm. you just be talking about it all the time. Like you would have no personality, and obviously you have to work out of that. That was, that was yeah. my issue. But yeah, I think I'm in that stage right now. Honestly, I feel like I'm a bit of a, like brain dead zombie now, just working on this. I'm like, how am I going to go to fashion school and socialize and also make this stuff? It's it's a lot to think about. I'm, I'm definitely still in like the thinking stage. Yeah. Well, I think you'll work through how do you, it. It's, how do you how do you work through it? How did you find you find yourself to work through it? It's all about balance. You have to like you 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 do a lot of things. You skateboard. You said um, yeah. you you're still creative. I think that you have to continue to do those things and just try to understand that you know this aspect of your life, content creation, is just one of many aspects of who you are. Like, yeah. I, I love manga. I love anime. I love TV shows. We'll we'll talk about that kind of stuff later too. And like, you know. Sometimes when I was working early on, like I would just totally disregard my interests and just work literally all day, every day, especially during the pandemic. Like it just work, 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 work. And didn't I I play basketball. So like I didn't do that. And like you just have to continue to do the things that, you know, like as you would do as a kid, like you're not one dimensional as a kid. You shouldn't be one dimensional as an adult. So it's just a reminder. Yeah. I guess I feel I feel it's easier to do that now. I'm not working, but before I was working full time, I'd literally be like editing my videos like on the train to work and like at, on on break. So, but yeah, it's kind of like that was like the grind at the start, you know. In order to get once it started going, you know, I feel like I don't once that I like, actually have established like a bit of an audience, there's way less pressure to uh, to like do like be uh, like on that like, grind mindset. So just to so we don't discourage other people from thinking, oh, maybe I don't want to do what these guys are doing, you know. It's no, great. no, but I think it's an honest conversation because I yeah. think. You know, for me, the time I started was when, you know, not many people had jobs during the pandemic and I just put 100 Mm -hmm. percent into it. Right. So I had the time and now I've leveraged I leveraged the time to now that this is my job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like that's the opportunity that I've taken. And there's, you know, so many people like yourself who have to work, have to go to school. So they every week, every spare moment they get, they just jump on the opportunity to do it because you have to. Right. Because there's not a lot of time. Right. So it's not easy. Yeah. That's just life, I guess. It's just life. It's just that, life. It's just life. Yeah. It really is. But um, also, I, I guess I don't want to be a content creator full time in a way. That's why, because mm-hmm. I could not go to fashion school. And I feel like if I focus on content creation, I could also make it my job. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of putting this all on myself. Anyway. No, no. Uh, I think it's interesting, though, because. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think. Um, There's just so you, many things to do in life. It's just, it's not fair. You know, it's not fair. It really isn't. And like knowing what you want to do is key because like it's, it's yeah. like you can you can go so many different routes and obviously yeah. you know you don't want to do content full-time and people there's some people who do some people who want to do it part-time and supplement to yeah. what they already do and it's like there's different there's a million different ways to cut it you know what i'm saying yeah. so um know what you're saying back to yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> back to my original question um you probably so, made one of my wait, 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 what's up sorry what i was gonna it? say i i don't when i laugh i don't make noise when i laugh so it's not great for podcasting so just know everyone out there when drew's laughing i'm laughing internally i make i'm, I'm excelling hair air <laughs> i'm a comedian guys this guy's been just cracking up the entire time exactly like it's it's actually the worst i laugh i just don't make noise i'm literally just well, you do like a chuck. You do like one chuckle, and then you're just like smiling. No, but then I know, but I'm like I am like exhaling is the thing. It's, it's, <laughs> you got a stuffed up nose. I've too, actually right? it doesn't make that, that, no. This is true. I should true. I actually did. I have to like make no in college. I actually like gave myself a laugh to indicate to other people that I was laughing. It's, yeah, you gave yourself a laugh. Like I like I like, I, like, I, like it out of yourself? yeah. Like I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own laugh. I was like. <laughs> 
You know, it's just I just like get myself a laugh. You know, it's, yes, people don't I think about you. that. Some people are born with laughs. Some people aren't. I guess I was one of those people. You know, the nuances of humanity, man. I love exactly. it. <laughs> third times the for third times the charm. Let me ask this question. Before you know what? We... I was th- no. <laughs> You made one of probably you made probably one of my favorite TikToks I've ever seen on the app. Thank you. Um, and that's a huge compliment to you. But there's so many, there's so much content. It's kind of hard to even equate what the, the best TikToks are because there's just yeah, so many every day. Of course, yeah. But anyways, I want to throw that out there. You made one of the best, and it was kind of um, explaining the goal of men's fashion compared to women's fashion, and it was really mm-hmm. interesting because I I think a lot of us who think about fashion often who are in it. We oftentimes look at women's wear and we say, man, there's so much more diversity. There's so much more interesting pieces, whether it be you talked about like necklines for your video and other elements of the pieces. Yeah. Do you do you think that, you know, men's wear um, from a design standpoint, from an all inclusive creativity standpoint, will ever catch up to women's wear in terms of all the options women wear women's wear has? You know what I mean? Well, honestly, man, I don't think it's like a. I, it's it's up to the fashion designers even to do it because there's lots of that out there. I think it's it depends on the culture, it depends on the people. Like I'll ask you, when it comes to what you dress, are you up for dressing more? I guess what is considered feminine. Like it's it's just it's interesting how just like a way something looks it can be considered feminine. But I feel like the way that guys are, especially just most people you know it's also you have to also split this into like mainstream i guess like you know mainstream society right because when you're in like this high fashion bubble you know anything kind of goes but like mm. i enjoy just like looking at what normal people are wearing on the street all the time and they all like guys all wear the exact same same things so like even if high high fashion and people who are into that is definitely ready for more into, into menswear but i think the problem is that like mainstream fashion people aren't and like i even ask you yourself i don't see I, I've looked through your Instagram. I don't see you dressing too, like, I guess, outside of the menswear, you know, normals. So how do you feel about, like, how how you'd want to see yourself dressing? In that right, way? right. It's, it's about, you know, it's about this idea of, you know, supply and demand, essentially, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a demand for androgynous, you know, pieces, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, for for me, myself, it's a, it's a difficult question because I think, you know, it would be interesting to try out some of these things as mm-hmm. someone who obviously wants to give their perspective on, I always want to give my perspective on, you know, this is actually interesting. You guys should try it too. And I, I would, I don't mind being the scapegoat for that. Right. Mm-hmm. But when, if, if you took that away, you stripped that away, the answer is probably no. Right. I yeah. mean, f- for the most part, I wouldn't really be interested in trying a lot of crazy pieces. And there's even pieces that, you know, whether it be from runway shows where I always ask myself, you know, could I actually wear this to go to Whole Foods or to go to the mm-hmm. grocery store? And the answer yeah. is probably not. And there's a lot of reasons, not because it doesn't look good, but yeah. society is um, exactly. Yeah. Society is just society. sometimes will prevent you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Society is society, right? Especially as someone who's a taller black individual and you know, there's a lot of issues, right? So like there's a lot yeah. of baggage that comes with my thought process of it. So yeah, I mean that that's kind of my two cents. Pro- I think probably not, but maybe. <laughs> and I also think I think it's definitely imitating for a lot of guys to do, especially like straight guys. That's where the biggest issue is because you'll see like obviously people in the LGBTQ community today, like they're already on that wave for the most part, you know. Of course. So I think if anything, we need more like 
straight like role models for for straight guys to you know see them dressing this way someone like like Dennis Rodman for example like I would love to experiment dressing that way right now when it comes to my personal style and stuff I don't have the money for that and obviously I'm not like a designer yet and I want to like properly like plan that all out so I'm not going to do that yet when it comes to all that but um it's just not like a thing that we see even on celebrities or anything like that in mainstream at all. And sure, it can exist online. But as you're saying, when you're walking out on the street, most people aren't going to be dressing this way and you're going to feel a certain way because there's there's like when you dress a certain way, there's an idea of who you are when it comes to how you dress. So and maybe that's not who you are. And people, we, it needs to shift. And I think the best way to go about shifting it is really small changes. That's why I love Kiko Kostadinov, because if you look at his menswear collections, he he uses feminine like aspects, but so subtly that you wouldn't even notice. So it's kind of like you have to trick the general population into like changing their mindset. You know, in the same way that there's guys like Andrew Tate who are like toxic mas- masculinity, and everyone's like, yeah, oh, you gosh. know, there needs to be people in the other. There needs to be more people in the other direction who are like, you know, wearing a crop top or you know something like that. Like like Kid Cudi, for example. You know. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's I, all about that as well. Is right on. Yeah, you're. I you're right on. You're. The ability you have to convince the masses, but you yeah. you can't be overt about it, right? Exactly. That's what you're saying essentially. You can't, can't be, be like no. jabbing at them. You know, this is the way you have to dress, blah blah blah. Or even know. just going straight to wearing like skirts. You know, like don't yeah, just yeah, like exactly. maybe do it so much more more subtly. Like you have to trick them in a way. And like someone like Kiko and most like these fashion designers aren't that big. So really, in order for that to start, it needs to come from like the top in a way. Like you know, like the Louis Vuittons and Balenciaga and stuff and That'll trickle down and it'll trickle down further. But obviously, you don't know how trends will be taken. And it's a whole, so much nuance to it as well. You know, like I know that those brands do experiment with like more subversive men's cuts. But then also, you have to look at like how celebrities are, are like wearing it as well. There's so many layers to how you consume fashion and how it comes to you, you know. And most people consume Absolutely. it through like celebrity culture, I guess. So, yeah, that's that's the biggest factor, I guess. Well, I want to ask you a question that just popped into my mind about kind of that, um, the idea that how fashion ideas spread, right? Mm-hmm. In your opinion, how would you say that a lot of, okay, how do I want to ask this? Maybe, maybe I'll save this for another time because I'll, I'll, I'll just go back and forth with what I'm trying to think and yeah, I, 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 won't, I won't actually get there. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, no <laughs> I want to ask you last question kind of about social media and whatnot. We yes. talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, you started on, well, no, you didn't really start on TikTok. Now I know your story, but I n- learned about you from TikTok and yeah. it seems like you transitioned from creating TikTok videos to YouTube. Talk to me about the reasoning behind that because it's it's a shift for a lot of people that's a bit challenging at times it is for sure and uh i'll I'll i guess i did start on tiktok and that's where i've actually gained like you know some sort of success so i i think it's fair to say that i did start on tiktok and well i guess the the reason why is because i've i've got up to like seventy thousand followers i have now and at this point i'm not really getting any satisfaction from posting these tiktoks anymore because I haven't seen much progress, you know, the dopamine that I get from like seeing my views go up and seeing like my videos go viral, it just doesn't hit the same anymore, you know, and (laughs) in that process, I haven't started like making money or anything like that, you know, I haven't started, I haven't, I don't think that I've like become a better, I guess, fashion person because of these videos, I'm just thinking out loud, basically, and 
this is just one thing that annoys me about like social media and TikTok is how so, how shallow it kind of seems. Like here I am talking about a topic for 30, 40 seconds and I miss out on so many things and people misinterpret what I'm saying to an extent. And it's just, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And I feel like, I feel like TikTok is a really good place for exposure, you know, like something will just blow up and a lot of people will see it. And that's what TikTok is best at. But YouTube is best for informing, you know, for education, for different opinions, for more nuance, for for everything. So YouTube is like definitely the way to go, especially even just like on the money factor. Like no one has to pay me anything. I'll just be getting off ads, you know, and I don't really and I feel like the only way to exist on TikTok is by being like a shill for for brands. You know what I mean? And there's like a very small amount of brands uh, I'm willing to, to, to work with that are like you know that are like represent my my morals and vision sort of like in terms of like sustainability and like you know environmentalism and stuff like that and just being like responsible so yeah i also feel yeah i also just feel bad taking money off people and i don't i don't i don't like the anxiety that comes with like brand stuff because like they send you something and then you got to make a video and you hope that it does well and they're satisfied so there's all that that i'd rather cut out the the promotions and ads and stuff i better go straight to you know if you want to support me you can I'll make extra content and put it on Patreon and I'll, and I'm going to start there. And actually one reason, one, a guy who was like kind of model I'm following, there's a skate YouTuber called Gifted Hater, right? Uh, so he kind of started on TikTok a bit, but then he went on, he didn't really do much on TikTok, but he went on YouTube and he started filling this niche of talking about skateboard content that no one else was really doing like him. Like he was just sitting in it, like exact, I literally just copied his format in terms of mm. like a guy in webcam on the corner talking about fashion or whatever is behind him on the screen, right? So he did that and, and he found a lot of success in that. And I was like, there's no one like that in fashion. Why don't I, I could feel that in fashion hundred percent. Cause as Absolutely. I was saying before, I find a lot of fashion content, even on YouTube, like it, it's hard to sit and watch someone do like um, showing their clothes for 20 minutes on, uh, on YouTube. You know, I just kind of get bored, especially mm-hmm. from being on YouTube for so long. And I feel like my mind is so like all about that, you know, uh, maximizing view count stuff like that. Like I'm like, oh, what is this? This one I, I I haven't seen. I think you do it well. You balance that. You do like you do your vlogs and your hauls, but you also like do other videos talking about you know like mm-hmm. bigger bigger topics, right? And do you see it yourself? Like how do you see about like how your views go? Do you feel like you get more views on like your vlogs and more personal like those kind of videos, or do you get more on like when you're talking about like your trends and stuff? You know when it's like it's a, you're talking about a topic rather than talking about you in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Mean? Couple things. Yeah, there's a couple things. I think. Yeah. Um, for there's a couple things you hit on that I want to point out. But for, to answer your question first, like I think overwhelmingly on YouTube for the fashion side of things, it's pretty saturated for the type of videos that I make. Yeah. And I think that um, people tend to only care about really two topics: mm-hmm. um, trends, like what is the tr- what are the trending for fall, for summer, for whatever, and then they care about clothing pickups in terms mm-hmm. of view count, right? Like those things demand the highest view count. Yeah. For me, on a personal level, the videos that I enjoy making the most either are explaining the like a historical or cultural impact of a particular individual or brand yeah. um, or kind of being able to actually go into, you know, the Netherlands and, and talk to a particular brand owner there, go into yeah. New York and talk to the people there so that it gives a real life, like a real a real account of history in today's world right because we can you can always talk about what's going what happened in the 2000s or the 2010s or whatever um but i think it's really interesting and the the path i want to carve out for myself is the ability to actually go to you know and learn about the the yoji yamamoto's in japan or learn about the uh, kiko kostadinov's in the places that they actually conduct their work 
kind of like how you know certain documentaries fashion documentaries do it yeah. whether it be like complex hypebeast whatever however they do it i would love to be mm -hmm. able to be an independent creator who does that and does it in a, such a real way but yeah to answer your question people on youtube care mostly about for my videos my yeah. my lane trends and pickups and oh, really? mm -hmm. um it's kind of unfortunate because it, it, you know you want to create other videos that do well yeah. and i put a lot i put i put the same if not more work into the videos that aren't trends and aren't mm -hmm. you know pickups videos because i want people to really resonate with them but like yeah in terms of like clicks like people click on trends and pickups i see yeah that's interesting um, i guess i'm just i guess i'm not personally <laughs> okay well i feel like i'm not as personally interested in that and i feel like there is a niche to be filled in what you're saying about learning about fashion and stuff like that but also making it somewhat entertaining and digestible, kind of like how I do it on TikTok, right? Because the only other like kind of educational sort of YouTube, it's saturated in terms of what you're saying about pickups and stuff like that, for sure. But in mm -hmm. terms of like actually just talking about fashion, not just showing your clothes, but talking about like designers and about design and about other things. Yeah. The only people I can really think of that are big are Fashion Roadman and Bliss Foster, right? Mm -hmm. And they're both like, but the way that I find that they both talk about it is like, it's so it's great I, I love both their videos right i, I want to say that but like it's not the most entertaining you might have thing to, you might have to meet these dudes one day be careful be careful they, they, <laughs> no 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 I, I love both of them and and i watch i've seen i've seen a lot of their videos both of them i love both of them but like i think yeah, it's same. reflected in like their 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 view count relative to subscribers is that it's just like it's it's kind of, sometimes it's just boring just to listen to like someone like like you know talk about this topic and especially when it's just a static image of them just talking to you like like we are right now it can be it can be boring yes. and that's that's just yes. that's just honest unfortunately which is why yep. I want to like with gifted haters format he would show the video and it's kind of like a reaction in a way but it's like there's there's more to it there's also it feels more personal in the way that I'm just sitting here talking to this person I also do like little memes and little jokes I want it to be inform in informative but also also educational you know what i mean you take something from it but you also enjoy watching it which is yep. you know that's that's what i'm i guess that's the niche that i'm trying to fill that i feel like i don't see in fashion youtube is, yes yes i i agree i agree i think okay i'll if i were to give you my analysis on like you is <laughs> what we've been doing mm -hmm. the whole time i'm very new um, i'm very new as well <laughs> i'm still I trying think to that, um, out, of course no of course and this is good for myself too like it's good to just yeah. talk to talk these things through i think yeah. you're you're spot on i think that there isn't as much the lane that you're talking about with the education aspect, but also, like you said, you, you, you try to keep it very entertaining. Now, I've every single one of your videos on YouTube, I've watched from minute one to the last minute. Right. And that's yeah. good. I mean, obviously yeah. like, yeah. you know, that's what you want from people. Right. And you have a, you have a unique perspective. You're funny, you're witty. And that's exactly what people want. That's, that's what I try to do with my videos now more is try to be more funny and witty because if I were just to talk like IO or, you know, bliss, like yeah. it does get a bit stale because there is no personal, they're not telling a personal story as well. You have yeah. to give a bit of like of a personal yeah. like That's story about, about YouTube. It. It's like, it's not, you're not just a writer behind, a, you know, an article, you know, it's, it's a person. It's, I want to see more of your personality, I guess. And also you can enhance that through editing and through stuff like that so that's that's what youtube is about and a lot of people have, have exactly have complimented me for like i guess bringing like they're like oh yeah this reminds me of like the old raw youtube days of just someone having fun talking to a camera you know and like that's that's what i love i kind of dislike the like really like clickbaitiness and stuff and the fakeness and i dislike yes. the like you know like just a you know very rigid talking to a camera there's, there's a middle ground is what i'm saying i want I, I want it the middle ground if it's entertaining but it's also real and informative if that makes sense. Exactly. And Sorry I think also Sorry. with you, like you don't, it doesn't, it never comes off your, like you're trying too hard. 
like it comes mm-hmm. off as a very genuine thing and kind of tying it back to the original question why do you transition from tiktok to youtube i've always heard it as tiktok it, tiktok is about width <laughs> like how wide yeah, tip top <laughs> tiktok is about width width oh my god goddamn it's about width like TikTok. how wide can you grow your audience youtube is about yeah. depth how exactly. well can you connect with the people watching the video um no i that tried you know, i don't want to <laughs> maybe you should be a poet man that was amazing width and depth yeah. so there's that aspect and i think that you know as long as you there's there's many ways to win on youtube on tiktok mm-hmm. there seems to be one like right one fast attention grabbing trending songs Mm -hmm. and like replicate that over and over and over again like i feel like julian is an exception there are some exceptions like there are obviously yeah but it's still like in the format obviously it's for fast 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 like attention span so exactly you know as we both continue to kind of explore this route obviously you I, I can't wait to see your evolution because you're going to be creating content about the topics you're interested in now. And then once you start designing, I, I mean, hopefully you still could, could create, you know, and talk about some of the things yeah, you designed. I really want really to. I hope to, yeah. That would be really interesting. And it's also going to be interesting, like, as we get older, like, what will this even be relevant? Will there be something else that just completely takes off? Like, I don't even know, like VR or yeah, something Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think YouTube is still, like, rock like rock solid there youtube has been there since day one and it's like still like a solid platform i don't i don't watch like i don't watch netflix or i don't watch like tv shows i don't really have time but if i am mm. to sit down and watch something i always just go to youtube just to, to watch because i've been addicted to youtube Same. since i was like 10 years old since just just because of how like personal it is i guess that's how like, you get you, you, you start to like the people behind it you know stuff like that rather than just watching a show and i guess you know it's, it's each to their own yad youtube addiction disorder we all have yeah. it we all have yeah, it yeah, definitely <laughs> um so i want to let's transition man michael it's 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 been a great conversation so far yeah um thank you i'm curious to know about kind of like more your personal life Mm -hmm. um i didn't write this down in the script for everyone everyone curious i always script out the videos and let the guests know but something popped in my head because it's crazy off script we don't know what's about to happen right it's actually it's a question about minecraft oh i want to know I want to know, like, what kind of player you were in Minecraft. Like, were you, like, what, what did you do? Like, you just went down to the depths of the earth and mined for diamonds, or like, you were like, man, beating the game. Well, like, what's up? <laughs> I played. Okay, well, actually, I'll, I'll tell you this. I think I was one of the first Minecraft haters of all time, right? At the time when it first came out, I played World of Warcraft, right? And when Minecraft, like, the very, very beta version, it was just like a, is just like a Chrome thing. I left like a little hate comment underneath, like. This graphics is terrible. It's never gonna be like World of Warcraft. <laughs> and then I think I never actually sent, which is unfortunate because I wish I could go see that. But then I started playing it. And I'm like, I guess I don't know. I at the early days, I feel like Minecraft is so different. I haven't played it in like years. Is the thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's completely different mm-hmm. to what it is now. I was just like a guy who like I like building. I like being creative. So that that was who I am. But if you want to hear a hot take, right? My hot take now is that I think Minecraft Loki sucks. Mm-hmm. I have you ever heard of Terraria? Yeah, I've heard of Terraria. Terraria is amazing compared to Minecraft. Terraria is the shit. (laughs) Terraria is is spectacular because it was actually like an end goal. I think my issue with Minecraft is what I like in games is kind of like a goal to reach. That's that's personally. But when you're playing Minecraft, it's just like you beat the Ender Dragon. You make like, what what do you do? What, you want to make an infinite corn farm to feed your sheep and get more sheep for what? There's no point. There's no point to it. I don't know, man. For try and try, it was like it was like twenty bosses you got to kill, and you got to like unlock more villagers and stuff. Oh, it's amazing! I just, oh, it's amazing. That is the I issue just, I have with Minecraft too. Is that I mean, I I played it 
when I was older, honestly. Yeah. Because, you know, I started to really invest in just like having creative outlets and Minecraft mm -hmm. was just one of them. Like I could just do whatever the hell I wanted to do. Yeah. And um but like at some point I'm like, what am I doing? Like exactly. what am I doing? <laughs> I feel like limitations in a way are good because it kind of points you in a direction, you know. If Low you have key. access to everything, it's just like well, uh, what do I do? I feel like, you know, whatever I make is not going to be good enough. Or maybe I don't know. Same. You know? And like, I like gaming in the sense of like, a, it's a social thing. And all uh, my yeah. friends were not on it anymore. And like, I wasn't meeting any more friends. So like, I would just mm -hmm. make something for me, which is fine. Yeah. But like, it'd be nice to like show somebody this. Like, yeah, it'd be nice yeah, instead true. of just starting another world and just doing it all over again. Exactly. Yeah. That's my it'd be nice to, nice to it's get a great social game. Friends. Yeah. It's a great social game for like little mini games and stuff and, and, and like that, I guess. But Terraria is also really great socially. Yeah, I've played a lot of that. Yeah, good what question. Games? Thanks for asking me that. What I play. I I played everything. Honestly, I played like GTA, Red Dead Redemption, but also like mm. I, at the moment, I'm I'm usually like I hop to like genres. Right now, I'm obsessed with roguelikes. Do you mm. know what a ro roguelike that genre is? Yeah, I've heard yeah. of the genre before. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, I'm playing like Spelunky, Enter the Gungeon. These like little indie steam games that's what i'm into uh yesterday i was playing super monkey ball on the gamecube and uh so y2k uh, yeah i know it was it was it was really fun i kind of want to get a gamecube now just to just to play that game i want to get a switch too oh see i i don't have time to play video games is my issue i also do it socially but then i also just like play it on myself oh damn lucky you huh lucky you i, the, I love the, my switch i was thinking of getting a steam deck just so because I, I don't think i'm gonna be able to invest into like a gaming pc even though mm. i should because i need to use like software and stuff which would be good but Maybe a Steam Deck to play like higher like games that use more processing power. There's not enough time. Yeah. There's not enough There's time. Not enough literally, time, man. Um, I I I honestly mostly play Switch, be, mm -hmm. like with you know friends and girlfriend. Like that's the only yeah. time I play. Like it's yeah. because it's like a social kind of interaction. I, I mean, see, yeah, I do that too. Yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry, sorry. No, sometimes I sometimes I you know dive into roguelikes or like RPGs or JRPGs mm -hmm. things like that. Like more when I was younger, though. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's not I the same you. anymore. Like um, because you you have to invest a lot of time. And like for me, the issue is I start a like a long form kind of game, whether it yeah. be like a story or something like that, and then I stop for like a month, and it's just like uh, I, yeah, that's the I problem. I can't. I yeah, up. with story games, the story games, I can. I I don't play story games anymore because it takes so much devotion. Like the reason I love the roguelikes is like it's like the same thing every time. You die, it's permadeath. You start all over, and you're trying to just beat the game. And I, I literally play it just to not think about anything. Like Enter the Gungeon yeah. is like super fast paced, so my eyes are like super distracted, and I'm listening to like my hardcore techno or like some podcast, and I'm just like playing. I'm just like brain. I want. I just want to be brain dead for like an hour while I play this game. I feel <laughs> you. I feel you. Have you have purpose. you heard of a game called a uh, Hades? Is, is Hades considered real life? I've is? heard of it, but I, I I don't know much about it. Isn't it like League of Legends kind of game, or am I wrong? Um, Hades is I played it, but it's I don't know if it's considered road like, but it's similar to kind of what you described, where you are basically working your way to defeat one major enemy, and every time you uh -huh. die, you have to start from the beginning again. Oh yeah, and, yeah, that's that's like the road like format. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, then, but isn't yeah, that like a multiplayer cool. game? No. Um, you play against I other people. Uh, I think I got the wrong game. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. No, no. I, I, I think see. it's just it's one player and it's really fun. Um, oh, I, th I think I definitely out. heard of that. I wanted I wanted to play that actually. I remember. I think it's on my list, but I forgot. It's very addictive. Thank like and, and then like you get to like the third section or whatever. And it's like right before the last one, you fucking die and you're mm -hmm. like, oh my god. But you're happy because you're like, oh shit, I'm. Just, we just go at it. Yeah, again. you're improving. Yeah, you're improving. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I played exactly. this game Spelunky for 50 hours before I beat it once. Mm -hmm. 
see that's awesome though that's like so fun like you don't it's even fun. know yeah. you don't even realize you probably put 50 hours into it until you look at the, no, like, I, the game I got log. I got pissed a lot of times and I was like you know what I'm done I'm not going back to this and two months later I was sort of like I gotta beat it once I actually think yes. I'm gonna stop playing it now because I beat it I'm like I'm done I'm done <laughs> don't worry, I feel it I feel it um I, this is a question that I've always been curious about because obviously your hot fashion takes your fashion lover how would you describe you talked about this a little bit how would you describe your personal style um, you know, I, it's, it's like, it's like elevated basic, I guess I'd say, like, as I said before, I think I feel like I dress better than like the average person, but like, especially once I go to like fashion school, I'm going to get smoked without a doubt. I have some <laughs> good pieces and like in the past, money has always kind of been a problem for me. And I, I, I do buy vintage, but like, I'm at the point where I kind of, I want to honestly just sew I'm going to be making a lot of clothes in, in fashion school and I would love to just wear what I make. Like that's what I was doing for a while. I didn't even want to buy clothes from these expensive ass designers. I just wanted to make my own clothes mm-hmm. and wear them. But obviously I was unsatisfied with that. But, but anyway, so I want to reach a point where I can just be wearing my clothes or my friend's clothes. And that's, that's where I want my personality to go right now. I'd say, I wouldn't even say there's like one, like kind of like genre of fashion that I describe it as like, I have like my skater, my skater clothes. I have like my, my, my hiking gorp core jacket and clothes and stuff like that. So it's very like, you know, all over the place, Cool, which I think is his personal style, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everyone, I think everyone has personal style, whether it's interesting or not is another question. Yeah, but yeah, no, that, but it, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I that's cool, man. I, I didn't know. And I was just curious. And um, I think like Julian said, if you listen to the podcast before, like he, yeah. that's his goal as well to like have everything he's yeah, no, wearing. I saw that. Like, I was worried we're going to have, we we're going to have the exact same conversations as him. Cause like, Oh my God, this is. I feel the same way. There are some similarities. There are some similarities. Yeah. Obviously, Ireland, Alabama is a bit different, but like there are some similarities in, some, in terms of people, things. Some would argue that you know Alabama, Ireland, Babushka, Alabama. It's been said. <laughs> I'm sure it's been said. <laughs> I'm sure it's never been said. Like the internet is gonna have to put out some crawlers and figure out what that that means. Um. Anyways, last couple of questions, man. Cool, cool, cool. Where we want to go with this? Yeah, I want to ask this one. What best and worst part <laughs> living in Ireland? Or do you live in Ireland or is that even the right question? I do live in Ireland. Yes. Well, I, I I'm here back for summer. I lived in the Netherlands for like 4 months with my girlfriend while she was on an internship and I was just kind of like freewheeling just working. So I went oh, You have her. a little lady, huh? I do have a a, a little lady. Yes. Uh she's cool. my biggest fan. <laughs> That's shout awesome. out. I got a <laughs> shout out to Dara, shout out to Sophie. <laughs> shout out um, both of you <laughs> shout out both of you um and then i'm living in ireland now and wait what was your question how is it like living here you're saying okay i'll ask this because you lived in netherlands where'd you live in yeah. the netherlands in the hague the hague i've been there oh really when yeah fire bro this is so cool so when i went to when i went to the netherlands earlier this year we went to the yeah. hague we went to um obviously we went to rotterdam, rotterdam. we went to i, I worked Utrecht. in rotterdam I lived in The Hague and I had to take a train to Zara in, in Rotterdam and work there. I mean, it's better I mean, it's better than having to drive in traffic in the, in the oh, States. That's true. I cycle everywhere. I don't know how you guys... I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to drive a car. I'm like, I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to get a license, in my opinion. I don't want to drive a car. Ever since I went to the Netherlands, I was like, this, oh, is, yeah. this is the way I should be getting around. Like, this is just yeah. nice. So we went to um, Harlem and then mm-hmm. we went to Alkmaar. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of those cities as well. I don't know those last two, no. Yeah, I'm you know I'm a duchy at this point. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, what's the best and worst part about? 
Oi. Dodoy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can pull out some Dutch words. Dodoy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they know, know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> they speak English and Dutch there. It's crazy. That's all. You, would you speak Dutch fluently? or no? I was, I uh, know, I was, I've been learning Dutch and I hope to speak okay. fluently by the end of living there. Yeah. Dutch, Dutch is such a weird language compared to yeah. being It's funny, man. It's so funny. Much. Some of the words are just hilarious. Like, Boterham, that's one of my favorite words. It means sandwich. Boterham. <laughs> it's honestly just a funny sounding language. I love really like the is. accents and everything too. I just I love it funny. too. It was it was hilarious. Um all right, best and worst part about uh, the Netherlands or The Hague. Oh damn. Rotterdam. I only lived there for four months. I lived in Ireland my whole life. So yeah, I feel like whatever. Oh geez, okay, okay. The the best part, uh compared to Galway, everything is flat. So cycling is amazing. You can cycle everywhere. It also doesn't rain a lot, it's amazing. Everything's like smooth for skateboarding, amazing. Everything there, like everything you'd want, is there. I also I want to live in more places before, but like right now, from my perspective, the Hague's ten out of ten, amazing. Bad part about living there? There is no bad part. Everybody moved to the Hague right now. That's what I have to say. <laughs> I second this message. <laughs> Honestly, I, I could see myself living there. Yeah. Same, same. I could see myself. Lucky, my girlfriend and I, we've talked about it more than a few times. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's whether, so many p- different it's people the Hague there. Or Rotterdam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's are, so many sure. like cultures and like students and everything there. It's such like it's such a it's such a nice place compared to Galway. It's mostly like Irish people here, and I feel like the the mindset here is a bit like closed minded. That's my, probably one of my biggest problems with Ireland when it comes to like just just the other people. You know what I mean? They're always fun and and stuff like that, but I feel like I don't ever have like the most in depth conversations with 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 people here. If that makes sense, and I yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, that makes opinion. a lot of sense. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I've never been so, there, but that makes a lot of yeah. sense. It's also probably because I've lived here my whole life, so you're automatically like might like be a bit bored of living where you live, you know? Yeah, yeah. Why is that? I guess that's just what happens. You've kind of explored yeah. all the places and yeah. tasted all the food spots. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, you're like I want something new. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would live in the Netherlands in a heartbeat after going there. I was there for a month, not four months, but I wish I could. Next time there. you visit, man, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll come up. I'm, I'm gonna be living in Arnhem, which is like a tiny, uh, not tiny. It's like a, it's like a city in the very east of Netherlands, next to next to Germany. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, that's lit. Do they speak German there? Do you know, or do you think? No, I, I think that they they speak like farmer farmer Dutchy. I could be completely Dutch. wrong. I'm not. You know, that's what I heard when I was there. I I, I met some people there. Ah, uh, cool. Cool, man. Yeah, this is um, cool. this is this has been great. Most Thank podcasts you. go for about an hour, and that's when I know it's a good conversation. Yeah, I, this yeah, is, I was looking at the time. 15. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's hour fifteen, so I, I don't want to keep you too long. I know. Yeah. What, what time is it there? Like six forty-five. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. go meet my. I was gonna go meet my girlfriend at uh, when we were done, but <sighs> she's gonna be mad. It's okay. No, it's okay. Don't worry about that. Her name is Sophie. Wanna, Sophie. Yeah. Tell her I'm Apologize. sorry. Okay. Yeah. She'll I'll she'll hear you. She'll hear you. <laughs> Perfect. Sophie. I don't know what you guys are about to do. Hopefully, it involves food or something fun. Gonna go eat sticky rice and then play It Takes Two on the PlayStation Four. That sounds like a vibe. Let me yeah. let me wrap this up so you can get to that. Last question, final question of the pod: Top five designers. Who are your top five? I'm curious because I feel like you are. I don't know. You're a pretty knowledgeable guy, even though you feel mm-hmm. like you have imposter syndrome. But I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious about your top five. I was. This is actually when when about your like the questions you're asking me. This is what I spent most time thinking about. I actually wrote it down on my hand while I was walking. Walking my dog, so I was thinking of who to who to highlight. I was I'd say, Kiko. This is in known order. I I, I can't order this. I'm sorry. And also, yes. I'm gonna leave out some older designers because obviously, like Ray Kawakubo and like Yoji are goated, but they're not as relevant in today's conversation. So you know, I'm gonna try to more relevant designers. So Kiko number one, 
Noir by, by Kei Ninomiya, which is under like the Comedy Garçon umbrella anyway. So shout out Ray, I guess. Managed mm-hmm. to sneak her way in there. Uh, <laughs> Craig Green, uh, another... It seems to like London designers, it seems. Craig Green uh, is cool. Glenn Martins, amazing for both menswear and womenswear. And just, am- just amazing design. I love it. Uh, Walter van Berendonk made a video on him recently. Check it out. Uh, goaded. And uh, finally, I have three dashes here. So I wrote Tom Brown slash John Galliano slash... Sorry to the last guy. You, you've been for you've been scribbled out. Sorry. <laughs> I love yeah. it, man. Because I love I, I love, love John, John Galliano at Margella now. I think he's 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 really really interesting. I was watching. Have you ever heard of Swalk? Mar- for for Mar- Margella's like haute couture or like artisanal collections, they made videos over the pandemic of them literally designing the collection and like the process. And like John Galliano was like there, talking, commentating, you know, creatively directing, and he was so right. interesting. I was watching it. and I was like, oh. I wish I, I got to quit YouTube and get back to designing, man. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I need to write that down. I need to definitely check that out. It's like, yeah, no, it's it's very interesting insight into like the, the creative process. And it's so interesting that the brand Maison Margiela, like a, a, a brand would release this information. You know, it's like super, yeah. it's, it's super cool. I'd recommend it to everyone else. It's like the Krusty Krab secret formula or something like that. They exactly. showed it all. Very cool. Like we still do it better, even if you wanted to. <laughs> That's That takes some balls. <laughs> yeah, it does. I respect it. All lucky, right, lucky when I start a brand, I wanna, I wanna critique my own work. I wanna like, I wanna keep doing YouTube alongside like my fashion career and, and like, what's up, guys? This is my collection, so uh, <laughs> just go in on myself. <laughs> That's fire. That's a great goal. And I think you'll one day get there. I think you, like so many other people I've talked to, have a really promising futures ahead of them. And mm-hmm. getting to talk to you for this hour, I feel like you know it's been, it's been really good. I feel like I know you a bit Thank more, you. and um, you know, if you I too, ever man. make it back out to the european continent i will definitely definitely you know ring your line or whatever the expression is and uh it was it was great getting to talk to you michael it was it was a lot of fun we'll 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 talk soon okay thank you goodbye Another podcast for the record books is completed. Thank you so much, Michael. I don't know how to say your last name. I'm not even going to try. Fashion Lover 4, Hot Fashion Takes for hopping onto the podcast and spending some time with me. I always appreciate when people take time out of their day, have conversations, help enrich the community. And this is another prime example of that. I think there are a couple things I could take away from this episode, more than a couple. There's a lot. We could have a whole Socratic seminar about this episode. But one of the things that stood out first and foremost was the fact that this guy, Michael, Hot Fashion Takes, is from Babushka, Ireland. And it's amazing how anyone on any part of the globe who speaks English, obviously English is kind of a prerequisite, but who speaks English, who can communicate ideas and communicate them effectively, has an opportunity to create content and to uh, have their opinion be heard and impact the world at scale. It's kind of amazing how so many people can listen to the sound of my voice, can listen to the sound of hot fashion takes and have an opinion or have a thought or have a feeling based on what we say and what we do. I think that's really powerful. If you aren't already, go follow this guy on TikTok. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel. He is growing exceptionally fast. And if you don't know about him and now you learned about him, this is the perfect time to hop on that bandwagon because this thing is going to the moon. So (laughs) I don't know why I said that like that either. Honestly, half the podcast, when it's me monologuing, it's just me saying, why did I say that like that? Like I would never talk like that in real life. But I feel like I have to perform in some way. So I'm trying to be all eloquent and be all smart with you guys. But y'all know me. Y'all know who I am. So anyways, 
hopefully you enjoyed the episode thank you so much michael hot fashion takes fashion lover for whatever you want to be called by thank you so much if you haven't already give us a five-star review we'll see you next week have a good day peace